everybody and welcome to commute uh the podcast this is now our third consecutive week of doing it um maybe more i don't know um i've kind of lost track of all that but basically what the the design of this podcast is is to continue the conversation of what we talked about on sunday in our teaching uh if you missed this sunday's teaching it actually in the email you got this link there's also our teaching link uh it's a podcast version of the sermon listen to it enjoy it and then uh listen to this as kind of a follow-up but uh, this week, you guys were, I guess, cursed with the the younger of the two Darby men to give the lesson. That was me. Uh, Dad, how did it feel to uh, get the week off? Well, I, it was really a special time for me. I enjoyed it. And it, uh, it it could be worse. You know, there are three younger Darby men yet. And so I have a funny feeling that uh, if, if you feel like this was a step down, there are many more steps down that could be taken. No, honestly, um, I... I I told uh, somebody this week that I was so excited I get to listen to my favorite preacher, and uh, I, I thought you did a, a wonderful job. I always appreciate very much when you um, when you fill the pulpit. It's uh, it's a special thing, and I sleep better on a Saturday night that you're preaching than any Saturday night that I'm preaching. So it's always a uh, a nice treat, a nice change of pace. But since I was the one who um, got to sleep in and uh, and didn't have to preach this week. Uh, it kind of changes our position, not only in Sunday morning with the sermon, but now on the commute, because instead of you getting to grill me with questions, I get to grill you with questions. And I, I've been sitting here thinking about the way you normally go about your side of this conversation, and I'll do my best to channel my inner Bishop Darby and, and play a good host here to set you up for some good comments. Uh, this particular topic is one that I've been very excited about. And as we've been uh, studying through this and, and sharing thoughts leading up to your sermon on Sunday, I've been uh, even more intrigued with some of the directions that the conversations were taking and the ways that um, we were kind of broadening our understanding of, uh, of, of these, these themes. And so um, I know, because I was in a bunch of those conversations, uh, I know some of the answer to this question, but uh, I'd love to just start off by asking, what didn't make the cut? I, I know as a, with my sermons that uh, there's always, there are always these nice nuggets that I think, you know, I just, I would love to be able to explain that and talk about that, but just time or emphasis of the week. Uh, give me some insight. Give me something that, um, that got left on the cutting room floor. Um, I think the biggest one for me was how the gospel became what it is today uh the idea of a spiritual only thing um, a religious only thing i think that was probably the the biggest like takeaway for me was that if you follow the the course of history up until about the sixth and seventh century it was still only it was still predominantly a, a political term the gospel the gospel was a political term ironically when when that pivot and that shift kind of happened from it being a political sociological and also spiritual thing to just solely a down the line spiritual idea was when the church got power uh in rome when they were given political leniency and authority uh partially because the gospel was always designed to be sub subversive uh, subversive to government uh and once the church became government then the gospel lost some of that the the socio-political elements to it you know how we're supposed to be unanimously to all people christian not just to one nation and all of that that got lost when the church was the nation. 
and so that transition caused a lot of the theologians writing in that time to say things like, well, I guess the gospel's fulfilled its political purpose because we have power, even though that's not necessarily the political purpose of the gospel. Um, and it doesn't really need social power anymore because we are now the social power. Again, not the point of the gospel that they said, I guess what we'll do is we'll really double down and make this all about heaven in the future. And so the gospel lost a lot of its teeth and became a down the, down the line in the sky by and by kind of thing when it was always supposed to be a revolutionary and radical consistent daily thing about like we talked about on Sunday, bringing life now in this moment, not, not to heaven down the line. And so I think that was probably the biggest, uh, cause I just always assumed that the gospel was always a spiritual thing only, but to learn that it wasn't. And it for a long time, it was supposed to be a physical doctrine, a way to live now, a way to act now, talk to people now, do things to people now, uh, was kind of a shocking revelation. Mm. You, you know, I was thinking this morning, uh, literally this morning, as I was recording the morning in the word, we started uh, the book of Titus today. And that that Pauline open for Titus is a very unique one. And it was echoing back a lot of the themes that you touched on Sunday, because and I won't get it exactly right. But he says something to the effect of uh, his purpose is to deepen faith through a better knowledge of the hope that we have in the eternal life that we have been given in Jesus Christ. That's not an exact quote by any means, but those are the major theme there. And it just struck me that I've read that passage numerous times and not had as, as clear an understanding of what it means to have a present eternal life that I am now living and will continue beyond this existence to live. And, uh, and I think that that was such a profound aspect of the sermon that you brought from from yesterday, and um, so I, I appreciated that. And and you know that at least for that one small segment, I was really listening because here I am a whole day later, actually remembering something that you said. Um, that that idea of the sixth century and the change that took place in that word was something that did get uh, conversation as uh, as we were discussing this leading up. And I know there were many many other things. Uh, but for the sake of brevity, I won't uh, press you on more of those things that made the cutting room floor. Sometime we ought to just have a sermon series of cutting room floor sermons. That would probably be a 10-week series that we could pull together. Just all the stuff that we didn't get to preach on that we really wanted to from all the other sermons that we've had. But no, let me I ask agree. you a question. Yeah. Um, when, when, um, when, when I... I'm looking at, at where you went in this past lesson and, and kind of some of the challenges to our understanding that you posed and, and kind of some um, shifting of our perspectives on some ideas. It, it leaves me really wondering, and I imagine I'm not alone. I would imagine that there are a lot of people who are wondering, so where are we going with this? Help me to understand a little bit. Give me a little preview. Give me a little hint about what, what should I be expecting this week? What questions should I be bringing to our, our teaching this week? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just what is so what? Um, I think that'd be the biggest question that I, I have is, okay, so the gospel is this transforming thing that's supposed to be all about living now and bringing life to people now. It's not a spiritual doc. Okay, yada, yada, yada. So what now? So mm -hmm. that's true. What, what, what changes in the way I do this? 
Uh, this this week is the question, why do we evangelize? But it's not going to be what I think a lot of people expect. Um, it's not going to be a lesson on like the importance of evangelism, because we know that. If we truly do believe that this gospel is the, you know, everlasting, the bringing of everlasting life to people now, then of course we understand the value of that. And I don't need to get up there for 30 minutes and say, hey guys, you know, feed people, help people do Jesus things and get people life. We should, we should be there. That, that should be something we already do. The question I'm going to ask then is why evangelize as in like, what's the value of it? What's the, what does it do for you? What does it do for the world around you? Um, not, not the practice of how to do it. We'll get to that later. But the questions that we're going to be asking are things like, okay, so if I do accept this gospel, what now? What does it look like now? Uh, where's the value in it now? Um, and things like that. So I'm excited for, for answering those kind of questions. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit, um, probably the toughest one to write, because I think next week on the pod, I'll have a lot more to say about things that hit the cutting room floor. And I think it's going to be the most challenging of the three lessons that we're going to have in this evangelism series. So I, I hope, I hope you come back and I hope you bring the question with you. What's the value? So what, how does this affect me? Why is it valuable to me now? Uh, because I'm going to try to address those kind of questions uh, this coming Sunday. That would be, that would be my answer. Yeah. I like all that. I'm excited about that. And I, and I will come back and I look forward to answering. Pretty sure you'd get in trouble if you didn't, Uh, (laughs) but no, uh, I want to ask you a question kind of to flip the tables a little bit. So from your perspective, sitting in the pew versus my perspective up in the podium, uh, like what was something that hit you that's going to change the way you act this week uh, moving forward um, I know, and I know that's tough because we haven't really talked about a lot of practical stuff, but just with the redefinition of this idea of gospel from a spiritual to a sociopolitical, from a pie in the sky by and by to life now, how, how does that change the way you interact in the world around you or the way you've interacted with God this, these last couple of days? Yeah. Um, boy, that's a, that's a tough question, as you know. Um, you know, I, I think that Maybe the first place I would jump into is what I'd already hinted at when it comes to, you know, that reading from Titus and just having a a better understanding, a clearer understanding of what it means to have eternal life. Uh, To use your phrase, it's not just uh, pie in the sky, by and by, you know, off in the distance, but um, I'm living my eternal life now. And if I really believe that, if I really believe that I'm living an eternal life that is granted to me by the grace of God expressed through Jesus Christ, then that should change how I live my days. That should change. This is not any longer, not to say that it was, but one might presume that this life is to be endured uh, and that uh, someday there'll be, uh, you know, happy days. There'll be good days. But now we just kind of muddle through. And and I think that um, that really flies in the face of so many scriptures that talk about, you know, redeem the time, make the most of the time, really take advantage of the time. Um, I know I've told you this many times and I've told people before, but I I had a a mentor, Paul Tucker, who was an elderly preacher who, I mean, literally, he was in his 80s uh, when I worked with him. And uh, Paul Tucker had a beautiful prayer. He would pray every night before he went to bed, God, if you have something for me to do for you tomorrow, wake me up. And if you don't, would you please bring me home? And every morning that he woke up, he said, God's got something for me to do. He was living his eternal life. He was living a life focused on an eternality with Christ in this particular moment. And, and just 
the reframing of this whole idea has really challenged me this week to think differently about each moment. Um, I can't afford wasted moments. I can't afford to not see time for what it is. And uh, it's not something now to endure, put up with, cope. It's something to um, be grateful for and take advantage of. And so I don't know that that necessarily gives you a concrete kind of example, but it's a, it's a way of thinking that I think has been uh, more deeply ingrained since we've been talking and since uh, that sermon. So I'm appreciative for that. And I, I think that'll be something that'll be a continued blessing for me. I, you know, that's, I think this, this whole series is going to be so personal to each person. It's going to hit everyone differently because the gospel is designed to hit every person differently. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to transform us in different ways, you and I in unique ways. And I hope for other people as well. You know, I think that's something I found in your worship series. So beneficial is that my forms of worship expressed is going to be different than your forms of worship expressed. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, my relationship with God is going to be personally different than your relationship with God. And I think that's one thing that we're learning is that the, the Bible doesn't present the New Testament formula of Christianity as this, do this, do this, do this, and then this. It's you fall in love with God and live that lo loving relationship with him. And that's going to look different for a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. uh, and quite frankly, the Jewish form of Christianity is so much easier than the Christian form of Christianity. So I, uh, I'm excited to see how this all is personally different for each one of us. But um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where I was hoping people would be thinking. I'm glad to hear that it kind of hit you in that way. And I hope that moving forward, we continually press on these difficult things. Uh, I'm excited to see how you wrap up the series this third week. Um, the third week. So in fall. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to see how it kind of goes. I think that's going to be an interesting, not only a good teaching, but also a good commute as we try to blend what are two very different ideas, your brain and my brain and how we come at this issue differently and come at this topic differently. I think that'll be a fun, um, fun experience for us and the congregation to kind of see and listen to and learn from. But uh, anything else you want to say to the people before we wrap up today? No, man. Appreciate being here on here with you and, and uh, excited for this week. Yeah, me too. I hope that uh, we'll see you guys next week. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the sermon, it's on the commute below, as it always is. Um, it's on the teaching form of this podcast on every platform you use. Uh, give it a listen, or you can look it up on YouTube. That's fine, too. All the links will be provided. So have a good rest of the day, and I will see you Wednesday for Heritage.